0: Looking at 1 Corinthians 12 1 through 3, you're not going to believe this. I've had three phone calls from men of God uh, just dialoguing and you know, what are we doing and how are we going to get there and what's going on and stuff like that. And I ask them what they're teaching, they tell me, and they ask me what I'm teaching, and they tell me. All three of these men. Okay. Um, huh. I told them where I was I said I'm in 1 Corinthians 12 I'm getting ready to pull 12, 13, 14 all together and, and show it and they all said that's perfect all three of them said this be extremely slow and diligent with it you guys are in trouble <laughs> You guys are in trouble. Did you tell them, I, already am. I said, if I get any slower, we'll be going backwards. <laughs> if you go any slower, I'll be teaching 1134. Okay. But you know what? I think about this, and when I think about, I don't want you to be unaware in the condition of Christendom today. And uh, this understanding, and, and we'll get this today. You'll get some of this today. Okay, this understanding may be the single most crucial aspect in the body of Christ. And if that's true, then um, I need to be very diligent and, and, how shall I say it, meticulous. Okay, let's read these three verses and then ask the Lord to help us. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Father, help us to see, help us to understand, help us to understand the urgency Help us understand the amazement and the privilege. But, Father, help us understand uh, the dynamic of the amazing uh, powers, abilities that exist now in the body of Christ. Father, help us to draw upon this. Help us to dive deep. Help us that we may even be able to teach this, that we'll be able to walk in this power, that we'll be able to walk uh, with this manifestation. Help us, Lord. We beg you this day to you and you alone. Amen. Your outline, I've given three points, the importance, the source, and the test. If you actually pay attention to these messages, you'll see that I'll be dealing with the source and the importance and the test in all the messages. They're all basically getting covered. That's why, if you will look on your outlines, normally when I put the outline on, if I have point one, then I'll tell you what, verses. Okay, that's not in this outline, and that is the reason. Because every message that you've heard, to see, this is the third message. Every message that I've dealt with in this text and understanding of this text deals with the importance of this text, deals with the source of the spirituals and the tests of the spirituals. All right, so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a different one and we've sort of been focusing on the importance. We're still going to be there today, but we're also going to be looking at the source. All right? We've kind of looked in the past the last two weeks that, that, that the importance of this is there is a positive and a negative. Okay, the positive is this manifestation that this, this enabling, these abilities, <coughs> divinely inspired for the body of Christ. The negative is that the mystery religion that exists on this day and age will counterfeit it and will do it as often and as quickly as possible. This church in Corinth was under attack. Why? Anytime I see a church under attack, then it's very simple for me to know that the church is being affected for Jesus Christ. Okay? If you're not affected for Jesus Christ, then guess what? The enemy could care less about you. No reason. No reason. And I know that there was attack because this letter has already told me that this group of people were dealing with their flesh. Their flesh has sort of taken control. They were dealing with the carnal... He calls it and yet in chapter 1 verse 7, it says when it came to gifts, charisma, they weren't lacking. They didn't lack anything. You know what is cool about that? This church was ready. It had everything it needed to be a church. Was lacking in nothing. And yet the attack had come in. And it come in from this venue. This, this path. This channel. The things of the world that they were immersed in. Had all of a sudden. They were bringing them in to the relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay. Their, their methodologies. Their ideologies. Their philosophies. They were all bringing those in. And trying to blend them together with the things of God for better effect. In doing so, there was great factions in the church. Disunity in the church. Personality cults in the church. I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. I am of Cephas. I am of Christ. Dr. Olford wrote a book, Stephen Olford. Wrote a book, and it was called A Contemporary Message for a Contemporary Church. And it's basically a study on 1 Corinthians. And if you think about it today, when I think about the letter to the Corinthian church, this first letter dealing with personal holiness, its manifestation, and the war that will be there against it, there is probably no greater text to be taught this day. We need to understand this. See, the Holy Spirit was doing amazing things even from the beginning of this church in Corinth. I believe that the Holy Spirit is doing amazing things in this body of believers. But what was happening was the society and the flesh was rising up. Okay? I shared with you last week there was two things in the mystery of religions that are consistent from the Tower of Babel. To Revelation 17, when Babylon the harlot is judged, the mother of all false religions. Two things you will see all the way across the board, it never changes. Two words in the original language, ecstasy and enthusiasm. Ecstasy and enthusiasm. Those are the two things that denote why. Here's how it sounds today. I really felt good okay I have never felt this way okay therefore it must be God we want ecstasy okay we we may not call it that but we want just be chilled okay and we want to throw enthusiasm at it don't we I studied this. You you can get the tape or get it offline or whatever you want to do. But you need to be aware of this. It has not changed. Nothing has changed. It started at the Tower of Babel with the first apostate priest, Nimrod. And it will conclude with the Antichrist. And I can show you, and I went through it last week. I can show you every false religious system has their roots based in the Tower of Babel. Okay, But understand, the Holy Spirit was doing some amazing things in Corinth. The problem with the church in Corinth at the writing of this letter is they had no longer were spiritual. He says, I cannot talk to you as spiritual, but I talk to you as carnal. But you know what is really cool about this? I mean, we look at this letter and we think, man, what a bunch of morons. Okay, I mean, they've got sexual immorality. They've got factions. You've got people getting drunk at the Lord's table. When you have a love feast, the rich people came and ate all the good food first. I mean, you've just seen this going over and over. You get people who stand up with some ecstatic babble and claim, oh, man, that guy's a spiritual giant. But you know what's cool about this church? Chapter 7, verse 1. Now concerning the things in which you wrote. You know what that tells me? There were some in this church that said, this ain't right. Help us understand because we got problems here. I like that. That says that there was somebody there who said, you know what? This don't work. So he comes into chapter 12 and he says, I want to, if your word gifts is in your Bible, it should be in italicis because it is added, all right? Gifts that you originally see, chapter 1, verse 7, is the charisma, the graciousness of God. Okay, anytime you see gifts, it was added there because the word spiritual there is the word we get Holy Spirit from. Okay, it's a pneumatic. It's the breathing. It is a breath of. Okay. So concerning these breathing of these gracious gifts of God, he says, I don't want you to be... The best interpretation would be ignorant, unaware, because the implication in the original forming of the Greek text says that I want you to be able to explain this. I, I'm not only going to just say, here's how it is, but you need to be able to teach this. You need to be able to discern this. I like that. I like that. They needed help. They knew they needed help. How many of them in this church today, when you get into a bind, do you, and do you go and ask for help? So, I mean, even these muttonhead Corinthians... At least we're smart enough to say, you know what? I'm kind of in a binder here. Okay? I see Christians today who won't ask for help. They won't ask for direction. Okay? We're speaking of an entity. Okay? We're speaking of something that God said, I will shed my son's blood for. I will purchase this. It is the church. It is the church in the power of the Holy Spirit. The church in the power of the Holy Spirit has the abilities and the characteristics of God. Okay, if you back up a little bit, go back to chapter 1, verse 17, or 7. Yeah, verse 7. You're not lacking in any gift. That's cool, isn't it? I like that. You're not lacking in any of the graciousness of God. But there's a reason. The rest of the verse... There's an eagerness in what? Pay real close attention to that phrase. In the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most people interpret that text that says the church in Corinth is looking for the second coming of Jesus. That ain't true. What is the revealing of the Lord Jesus? Well, it would be the manifestation. It would be, I can visibly see him. Okay, and that's what I want to look at. Okay. They had all the gifts necessary to give an eager anticipation of the revealing of Jesus Christ. Now, turn with me to the letter to the Ephesian church. Okay. Okay. We're going to cruise around in the book of Ephesus or the book of Ephesians for a little bit. But I want to start, first of all, in chapter 4, verse 13. End of the verse. What does the end of the verse say? Mine's in pink. Bet yours ain't. Mine's in pink. Mine says it belongs to the fullness of what? The fullness of Christ. Okay. What is the fullness of Christ? It's all that He is. It's all that He is. That verse right there, just that little phrase at the end of the verse 13 says, we are to be Christ in the world. Well, let's get after it. Let's get after it. We're going to do that. Okay. I want to give you a phrase that I, I run into. It's been several years ago. It was in a book called Body Dynamics by Dr. MacArthur. And it was just a phrase, I'm going to use, I'm going to steal his illustration. Okay? And he basically says, there's body one and body two. Okay? Now, now stick with me on this. Listen, if you're going to go to sleep, you should have went to sleep two two weeks ago. Body one and body two. Okay? Body one. The physical incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Born to a virgin in Bethlehem raised by a foster dad and a mother Okay, body one body two in in the upper room discourse that you see in in the gospel of John verse 14 through 17 he says I'm going to make a promise to you what will be that promise I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit what will happen Body two will be incarnate. Do you get that? Do never separate body one from body two. It's impossible. Okay? He says there needs to be an incarnation today. Remember what he said at the conclusion of verse 7? 17? 7. Chapter 1. The revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that is, right? The incarnation. You are lacking no gift to see what? Second incarnation. The second body. It is individual and it is corporate. Christ, grab a hold of this. Christ is reproduced in us. Individually and corporately. Okay? What does it mean He is manifest? He is reproduced in us. His essence, His life, His character. Okay? We manifest to the world Christ. Okay? How? How in the heck do you do that? Easy. Easy. Oh, you think it is. I mean, you guys, it is. It's very, very, it's the easiest thing you'll ever do. Problem is you. Okay. Given within us is the spirit of Christ. Okay. We like to call him the Holy Spirit. Truth of the matter is, it is the spirit of Christ. Okay. The spirit of Christ was in the womb of Mary. Correct. Correct. The Spirit of Christ was poured from heaven at his ascension to the right hand of the Father, at his resurrection, and he promised us his Spirit in you. Romans 8 says if you're not dwelt by the Spirit, you're not his. Okay? But the Spirit also dwells someplace else the church. Well, I don't understand it. Yeah, you do. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. I stand at the door and. Okay. He's not talking to unbelievers. Please get that. He wrote a letter to a church. All right. But what had happened? He wasn't in there. Listen, it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit left the believers, but the incarnation of Christ. Was not in that group of people. Why? They were neither hot nor cold. You make me nauseous. You make me, it literally means to vomit. You make me sick. Okay, because you're neither hot nor cold. If you were cold, I could set you on fire. If you were hot, I'd use you. But the problem is, you're neither. So, my spiritual work, I'm outside. I'm outside. I'm not there yes you're saved you're dwell with the Holy Spirit you know what there might even be a handful of you manifesting me but the impact that you could have on the world is non-existent because my spirit is not in tune with your spirit and if I'm not in tune with your spirit you're getting the glory and have at it dude okay remember what he talked about early in this letter be careful what you build with Precious stone, gold, silver, wood, hair, or stubble, right? Why? I read a quote in our Sunday school class to Dr. from Dr. Olford. He said, how many Christians will have a handful of ash to stuff in the Savior's hand and say, this is all I have for you? It doesn't negate their salvation. Listen, heaven says there are no tears, right? Absolutely, doesn't mean you won't be ashamed. I mean, walk up here with a wheelbarrow full of ash. Look at her. It's all for you. Okay? So you have an incarnation. He's given us a spirit. The end of chapter 2 says the corporate church, Ephesians chapter 2, the end of that text says that the corporate church... All right, let me, let me show it to you. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Himself being the cornerstone. Yeah, okay, that's the church. you got that figured out, right? Cornerstone. That means it's, that's the two straight edges that it, this thing's going to get built off of. All right? And the foundation is on the apostles and the prophets. He is the cornerstone. This whole what? Building... Is being fitted together, growing into the holy temple of the Lord, in whom you are also being built together into the what? God and the Spirit. Okay? So that Spirit side of it is God. And He is over the work of what? The church. Okay? How does this thing work? How did, I, don't, I don't get this. You're talking about this foundation of the prophets and, and you're talking about this and the spirit thing and we're all being bit together. Chapter 4, verse 7. To each one of us, who would that be? Whoever saved. Grace is given according to the measure of Christ's gift. What was the measure of Christ's gift? Well, you can't measure it. It's infinite. What was the limit of his giving? Giving. There isn't any. There's no limit to his giving. Grab that. There's no limit to his giving. To that measure. Okay. Now then, I want you to back up because grace, it's unmerited favor. That's true. What's the favor? Okay. It's undeserved. Okay. But what's the favor? The favor is based on the measure of His gift. What's the favor? See, see how amazing this is? Jesus Christ in you. That's the hope of glory, but it is also the incarnation. It is the manifestation to all men. Who? Christ. Christ. And it's only based on the measure of his gift. Okay, what was the measure of his gift? All right, Uh, what did he withhold? Hmm. Interesting concept, isn't it? Let's drop down a little bit. I want to show you some more. Verse eleven. I don't want to deal with raised and ascended and captive and gifts. But the end of verse eight, he says he gave what to men. Charisma, okay, all right. Then verse 11. Okay, we're still talking about what he gave. That's a a parenthetical statement in verses 9, 10. Okay. But look, verse 11. We're still talking about verse 8. And verse 7. To the measure of his gift, he gave gifts to men, right? And he what? What does it say? What did he do? He gave. Oh, cool. He just given, did not he? What did he give? Some to be apostles. He gave some to be prophets. He gave some as evangelists. He gave some pastor teachers. The word and is not in the original text. Pastor teachers. Okay. Always remember that one. Okay. You can be a teacher, not be a pastor. You cannot be a pastor, not be a teacher. Got that? You can be a teacher and you can't be a pastor. My wife is an excellent teacher. She's not a pastor. Okay? Can't be a pastor and not be a teacher. All right. So we got that figured out. Why? There's a. You get. That ought to just freak you out. That freaks me out. It's only according to the measure of his gift. And He gave apostles, He gave prophets, He gave evangelists and pastor-teachers. Whoa! To the measure of His gift. What was the measure of His gift? Well, what did He withhold? Nothing. That gift, grace, is unmerited favor. What is the favor? It's the gift. What was given? Look what He says. He gave these. Verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. If it says ministry, always think about ministry as service or service as ministry. Do you get what he just said here? He says, I have a plan. I have a plan. What is my plan? I'm going to give gifts. I'm going to give gifts to men. I'm going to give gifts to specific types of men. I'm going to have apostles. I'm going to have prophets. I'm going to have evangelists. I'm going to have pastor teachers. Okay? If you think about it, remember what he said? It was on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So we're 2,000 plus years out. Are we done with the foundation yet? Boy, we better be. So we're building a structure. And if you think about it, the evangelist does what? What? Draws them to the pastor teacher. Okay? Do you understand that there's a gift going on here? Do you understand it's a divine, it's a supernatural enabling? You can't do it yourself. It's impossible. I tell you what. You think I'm kidding? When we get done here, I want everybody to walk out of here and walk just like Jesus. Okay, go on. By the way, don't call me when it don't work. Okay? He gave gifted men to perfect the saints. Why? Here's a goal. Verse 13. Until we, this is similar to one of my favorite texts out of Colossians. Until we all attain to what? What? Unity of the faith. That is when I tell you that doctrine... I used to tell you that doctrine divides. I was wrong. Unity of the faith says, doctrine unites. It unites. Okay? Till we attain to the unity of the faith, what is that? The knowledge of the Son of God. How? To the mature man... Okay, now, this is the phrase that just wigs me out. Okay? This one right here just absolutely is mind-boggling. You've got to read all of this in one line. We want to talk about spiritual maturity. I want to be a spiritual mature person. Okay, I'm going to pray and keep journals and get tapes and whatever it takes to be a spiritual giant. Let me show you what a spiritual giant is. To the measure of the statue which stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Got that? Very simple statement, isn't it? To the stature of the man. Who? Christ. Who's he talking about here? Church the church is the incarnation body two body two I was asked well you know is it right not to be in church what do you think about that verse what does that verse say? How can the fullness of Christ be the body of Christ if you're not there? It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. Why? He was so gracious to you guys and to me. He gave gifts to men. And then gave those gifted men to you. That's what he did. Why? Because they will come to the unity of the faith. And the knowledge of the Son of God. And they will actually be the representation of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Now. Kind of a neat idea. Okay. Here's the problem if gifted men do not perfect the saints or the saints do not minister their gifts, the body is not built up and does not manifest Christ. Did you get that? If the gifted men do not perfect the saints Or the saints do not minister their gifts. The body is not built up and it does not manifest Christ. Interesting concept. Do you understand the importance now of spiritual gifts? Do you understand how you test the spiritual gifts? Do you understand the source of spiritual gifts? Okay. This was an extremely large problem in the church in Corinth. I believe it is an extremely large problem in the church today. I'm not sure that we're immune from it. I believe that too many Christians today are disobedient in the area of their gifts. I believe it is twofold just of the two I give you. I believe that there are gifted men who are not working on perfecting the saints, and I believe that there are saints who do not minister their gifts. So I think it's both the teachers and both the hearers. I look at the church today and say that the body is crippled. It is distorted. It is confused. It is disfigured. And the world cannot see the manifestation of Jesus Christ. I mean, if the world's best conclusion is Pat Robertson saying Ariel Sharon had a stroke because he's disobedient to God and that's what they've concluded, we've missed something. Okay, we we just really have missed something. I want you to hear something and I want you to hear it well. All the gifts are given to the church. That the church be built up to the fullness of Christ. Do you see the test? Did you get that? The gifts are given to the church so that the church will be unified in the faith. And it will be the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. Okay? Individually and corporately. All right, okay, let, let me see if I can help you with this, because this is part of the test. How do I test to see if this is a gift of God? How do I know that this is the working of the Holy Spirit? Easy. This is so easy that it defies I don't know, well, I think it, it lays down to the issue of why the church looks like she does and why there is so mis- much un- misunderstanding on the spiritual gifts. OK? Key. key test. This is what Terry does. Okay? Spiritual gift. Is this a spiritual gift? Is this empowered by the spirit of the living God? First thing. All the gifts. Okay? And depending on who you talk to or listen to, there's 35, 12, 13, 8, 7, 12. There's two, basically. And everything falls into the two. So, anyway, I know. Terry's just going back to simple again. Absolutely. Okay, why? I've been with you guys long enough. Complicated don't work. All right? So I go back to simple. All right? All the gifts in their fullest sense were complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, the gift of prophecy. You know what prophecy is, right? I'm looking into the... No, that's not prophecy. Prophecy is preaching. Public proclamation. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus preach? How good was he at it? He'd be the best. A few years ago, I made that statement. I want to be the best preacher that ever walked the planet. And everybody got, uh, see that arrogance that he's got? Really? If I'm the best preacher that ever walked the planet, what does that show? It shows the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Who's the best? Christ. Uh, The gift of teaching. Jesus teach? Was He any good at it? Okay. How about the gift of mercy? Hmm? Did He show mercy? Yeah, like no other. How about the gift of ruling or leading? How about the gift of helps? Helps. How about the gift of giving? How about the gift of faith? All of the spiritual gifts have their perfect example in who? If I want to test a spiritual gift, is it real? Did Christ do it? That ain't hard. Why? The Holy Spirit will be given to manifest who? Christ, He will point people to who? Christ. He convict the world of sin and he will manifest Christ over and over and over again. So if I want to see spiritual gifts, I just have to say, did he give? He gave like no other. Ruled like no other. Faith like no other. See, the spirituals are characterized. Spiritual gifts are characterized, are, are characteristics of Christ himself. Please get a hold of that. It isn't this thing He's given out that He doesn't do. Why? The body is to be united in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, so that it will be in the stature and the fullness of Jesus Christ. So when you think about spiritual gifts, what should they be doing? Manifesting Christ They will be manifested through the body, the corporate body, as they were manifested in the body incarnate. They will be manifested in body two as they were manifested in body one. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts. They are the characteristics of Christ poured back through us by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. Question comes up. What about miracles? What about them? Did Christ do miracles? Why? Confirmed. His did he. Pay attention. The Pharisees came to him and said, "You have to be from God. Look at what you're doing. Get a hold of that one." Why? They understood, well, raising the dead, walking on water, feeding 4,000 with a couple of fish and, and all the rest of it. you just can't do that if you're kind of bored. Right? At the birth of the church, they were done. Why? Same reason. I'm confirming the message. God says, I'm in this. All the gifts find their perfection... In Christ. Please hear me. All the gifts. Find their perfection. In Christ. Never. Never. Outside of Christ. Okay. I remember taking a test one time. It said here's how the gifts of the spirit work. When they are in the flesh. Hmm. That's not true. Why? The gifts have one purpose. Okay? I will say this. The counterfeit gifts look like this in the flesh. But that's alright. They're counterfeit anyway. Okay? The spiritual gifts that you see that we've just stepped into are to re-manifest Christ in the world. Okay? When we preach... When we teach, um, <clears throat> would we show mercy, when we give help, when we, when we give, when we lead, when we have faith, whatever the gifts we exercise, we'll find that there is a supernatural activity, uh, a, a supernatural, uh, an empowerment that is given by the Spirit of God. It will only be done by the Spirit of God in the plan that God has planned. Okay and here's the key to testing it it will manifest the attributes of Christ it will manifest the attributes of Christ here's the second test to the building of the body okay it will look like Christ for the strengthening of the what's another term for the body the church it's the church if the gift is being exercised outside of the body of Christ it's not his why the gifts are given to the body so that the body will be the manifestation the fullness of Christ okay need I say that this is essential Listen, you need to understand, it's not random. Um, Gifts find their source in God. Okay? It is through the channel of the Holy Spirit and the patterns and examples, the illustrations of the gifts, the completeness of the gifts is the person of Christ. Okay? Okay? They are the things that will manifest Christ. Uh, they They are the power that will build the church. Okay. If the church is not growing, the teachers are not perfecting the saints or the saints are not utilizing their gifts. Okay. Now then. Back to First Corinthians chapter one verse seven. They were lacking nothing. No gift. Waiting on the revealing of Jesus Christ. That's cool, right? You like that? How about us? How about us? What gift is Castle Rock Baptist Church lacking? None. Are the teachers perfecting? The saints? Are the saints exercising their gifts? say yes, then we can look around and say, this is the fullness of Christ. Testing of the spirituals, it's very, very essential. Let's pray. Father, we commit it to you. Father, your word comes to us from on high. And Father, we commit back to you now what you've given us. Father, the abilities and the grace that you have poured. Father, may we understand that. Father, may we decrease as you increase. Father, I lift these people to you. this, This group of beloved saints. Father, I lift them to you that we would be the fullness of our Savior, of our God, of our sovereign. And that, Father, we would... That we would exercise in the supernatural abilities of your spirit by the power source that spoke existence into being for the work that you've laid before us. Father, may we serve in all humility and all the authority of you and you alone. I praise you, thank you. In Christ's name, amen.